Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Presslav. I'm Alex Ashgood. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Justin Robertson. Tonight we have Monroe County Commissioner Amanda Barge on to talk about her recent announcement this Tuesday. Amanda Barge is considering running to replace Hamilton as mayor in 2019 in the city's election. But first, um, we're going to talk about what's going on this week with the host. So we'll, we'll start with you, Alex. Anything um, important? Ooh, anything important? Um, other than just trying to sort of game plan uh, Thanksgiving dinner, uh, right. we're always like way too into food for the holidays. And how so, can you be wait, way too? Right. Into well, food? well, the the, the thing <laughs> the thing is is we commit to a lot of dishes that need the oven at different okay, temperatures. Okay, okay, I get it. Oh. And this is. You know, so me being the uh, uh, OCD, yeah, OCD dude. production guy <laughs> that I am, it's like, okay, do I need to like make a spreadsheet on like, okay, green beans go in this time, take it out, turkey now. <laughs> right. It's like air traffic control, or I guess it would be air kitchen control at that point. Right. So, so that's what you're stressing about. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what's going <laughs> mayday, on in my mayday, world. <laughs> No. You, need, you need multiple ovens. That's multiple. the case. <laughs> that, that, that would be ideal. We just did a remodel in our kitchen, and we did um, two dishwashers um, as well as a warmer. Um, oh, so yeah. the warmer is oh, awesome. Nice. And you can keep the food like in there. When you put it up to six hours, wow. it will stay fresh. So oh. what we do is, um, you know, with my crew, it's you know, <laughs> we need a warmer. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome for, like, holidays because mm-hmm. you can cook everything ahead put it in the warmer it's a giant you know kind of drawer and it just you're ready to go and it's good for keeping (laughs) bread fresh so melanie how's your week going uh it's not a two warmer it's not a two (laughs) 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 you can say that again yeah no kidding no it's uh uh, ice storm out there i went out in the ice storm last night you did did. i can tell just to do it I wanted to get a feel for for what it was like back home, you know, and it's like, the like, ice and just made me the feel North Pole. The, well, <laughs> close up by Chicago, Northwest Chicago. So yeah. it's like I haven't driven in an ice storm in a long time. So oh, you out. took your car out? You didn't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I know you. You probably did one or two. I did not know. Oh, and I can't use that word. Uh, yeah. There's a Minnesota word that my friend uh, told me about that for doing donuts, but it's a front wheel drive car, so it doesn't even do that okay. unless you do it in reverse. And then right. uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> Don't give our listeners any ideas, Melanie. Uh, I'll give them pointers. So, um, no, it's uh, it's it's been busy, 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 busy. Okay. I haven't stopped. Well, that's what it's about. Yeah. Oh. So, and Justin. Yes. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, I, you know, 
hate the snow. <laughs> the Scrooge <laughs> over here. Oh uh, yeah, every Halloween. I'm like, Scrooge, what? The am I doing here? No, this is not true. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and I was born on Thanksgiving. Thank you. Oh, very much. Yes. Don't side eye me. So, well, I can't that, look at you because of where my microphone Your is. old neck. That doesn't make you the turkey, though, does it? Well, yeah, when I was a kid, I was so stupid. I used to go around saying, I'm a turkey. You still? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, it's true. I don't think you're a turkey. Thank you. You're sweet. But, um, I won't say anything. Okay, the only holiday I like is indeed Thanksgiving. So, and <laughs> so you're happy about that? I am. I love it. And are you having it at your little uh, No. Um, Ian and Ruth won't let me. Why? My little kid people. Uh, they just, we did it last year. They don't year. want to share. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I made them cook. And mm. so that's what I would do again. And they're not into it. Okay. So we're going somewhere else. That's nice. That's I'm a little fun. sad about it, though, because I kind of like making them cook. Yeah. And <laughs> I like to decorate, you know. I well, like to both the fancy the dishes and the crystal and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. And both of those so, kids are great cooks. So they're wonderful cooks. So I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> so well, and that's what they do for work. So maybe that's the problem. Yeah. They anyway. want to just take it a break from all that. I think we should talk about trading sometime. We do, oh, which ones do you want of my <laughs> I'm which, on it. Which ones can cook? <laughs> my, all my kids can cook. Can they really? Yeah. Okay, I'll take them all. Yeah. Well, no, just <laughs> Travis, can, my two. Travis can't cook. And Bailey can't cook. No, I don't okay. want them. No, you can't. Those, <laughs> they can boil water and burn stuff. And today, uh, yeah, my kids were off from school today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was nice. So I got to, like, sleep a couple hours, and, which you really don't, but I pretended like I did. <laughs> and then um, I got a SOS call from my elder son because mm-hmm. um, oh. his – he was home from work um, and he was teleworking and he needed somebody to watch his kids. So I took my kids <laughs> and <laughs> drove to his house and they're, ba- they're like almost one and three. So yeah. it was fun and everybody goes over there and we just hung out and, you know, did Aww. fun things. Well, that sounds like a fun snow day. Mm. Did you it was. Hi- hot chocolate or? We made uh, smoothies. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of cold stuff. But that's what <laughs> Ms. Maya. Uh, That's um, what she child number one. Well, wanted. she's the boss. She is the boss. <laughs> so Maya was leading the crew. How about you, Amanda? Uh, well, I got to sleep in. My kids let me sleep in today. Awesome. So. Nice. I know. I want your kids too. <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. They're pretty great. They know to let me sleep because <laughs> I'm not a morning person. So, but yeah. So sleep. So we hung out. We slept in a lot. So. Well, good. So everybody is having a good week. We're all dealing with the snow. I don't know. I guess we'll be going to school tomorrow. I think that's what it looks oh, like. Oh, I Probably. think so. Yeah, we'll get that done. So, Melanie, what's going on in the LGBTQ news world? Well, uh, not so much to be uh, joking about. <clears throat> Hate crimes are surging under the Trump presidency. Uh, maybe there's a reason. The FBI is reporting that last year saw the highest increase in hate crimes since 9-11. Under the Trump presidency, hate crimes incidents have spiked by 17% this year, alone with anti-Semitic attacks rising by double digits. And I, I'd seen up to 37%. 37? I saw 17. <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, for the NSM. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and that that's just incredible. Trump has repeatedly supported white nationalists, neo-Nazis, and anti-LGBT hate groups while holding office. The massive increase in reported hate crimes has coincided with Trump's ascendancy to the presidency. This is the third year in a row the number of incidents has grown. While holding office, Trump has expressed support for the white nationalists who rioted in Virginia over the removal of a Confederate statue 
attacked black football players for protesting police violence and described Latino asylum seekers as, ha- as an invading horde. Over the weekend, President Trump and French President Emmanuel Macron engaged in a back and forth over Trump's self-definition as a nationalist after Macron publicly chastised the American president in an event marking the end of World War I. Patriotism is the exact opposite of naturalism, uh, nationalism, Macron said. Nationalism is a betrayal of patriotism. By saying our interests first, who cares about the others? We erase what a nation holds dearest, what gives it life, what makes it great, and what is essential, its moral values. Unquote. <coughs> Quote, I know there are old demons which are coming back to the surface. They are ready to wreak chaos and death, he said. History sometimes threatens to take its sinister course once again. As Trump threatened to remove American troops from Europe, Macron also renewed his call for a European military force. In response, Trump taunted Macron on Twitter and Facebook, or Twitter to France's uh, defeat in World War II, and insinuating insinuating that Germany was the true enemy of the French people. Well, that's our <coughs> Trump. That's our Trump, and he's what heading up. And this man is unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> on on <laughs> a, on a, a related ish. Yeah. No. One thing that I actually caught wind of earlier today was um, there has been some interesting stuff going on in uh, federal court regarding uh, a case against a Montana uh, real estate agent who um, has taken a civil case against Andrew Anglin. Um, For those who are not familiar with what Mr. Anglin is or who he is, he is ostensibly the uh, primary public relations leader for the Daily Stormer, Mm. which Mm -hmm. is the world's leading neo-Nazi website. Um, The interesting thing about this case was uh, that it was one of the first cases I'm truly aware of where a federal judge basically said, you can't just spread rumors about people knowing that your readers may harass them. And so this is sort of an interesting thing because I think this is a question that has come up a lot over the past two to three years, especially with sort of um, the overall rise in usage of social media and various new media platforms within politics. So um, I know it's only tangentially related, but I find that it's a really interesting thing to say, you know what, yes, legally, we're only responsible for our own actions in the United States. However, if we do speak to certain things, knowing that these might be the results or intending that they be the results, we can be held responsible. There's that insight to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... uh, and I think I, I put something on Facebook. Was it the Kentucky, uh, the governor, oh, from, the governor Kentucky, of Kentucky, from Kentucky yeah. basically, you know, was inciting a riot, uh, talking about, you know, if we uh, let the Democrats go, there's going to be, you know, bloodshed, bloodshed and, and basically just saying, hey, you know, get your guns ready. And, you know, where's the accountability on that? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I saw that and, you know, yes, I think it's, we're, we're at a day and age now where we have to kind of push back um, against mm-hmm. people that are inciting evil. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you know not sit. I mean, you know, free free speech is one thing, mm-hmm. but you know we're 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 fragile right now, yeah. mm-hmm. and we have to be careful, um, mm-hmm. and people have to be um, held accountable. Uh, you hear that, Mr. Trump? Um, you know, it's 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 time. You know mm-hmm. that we have to just kind of you know what uh, you know you know pull back pull back at this point and, mm-hmm. well, and go. The people that are are you know shouting freedom of speech, freedom of speech, and then using that to attack and to incite against LGBT folk, against Black folk, against you know uh, whoever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it, it's scary, and it's uh, it, it in Tennessee. <laughs> they this is a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Uh, they defended under freedom of speech laws uh, bullying in schools. And uh, and to try to there were uh, schools who were trying to get rid of uh, certain speech patterns and, and phrases that uh, bullies were using in school to uh, to attack kids and they said no that's freedom of speech that's covered under and and you know these are fragile kids and with the suicide rates uh, among children LGBT children uh, it, it's inconscionable. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a point, too, that, you know, as citizens of this country, that it's our responsibility to call people out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to have expectations and allow people, you know, and say, hey, this is not cool. This mm-hmm. cannot continue and not wait for the federal government or the government to step in in that mm-hmm. sense, because it in, in this time and, you know, this day and age, we it's not going to happen necessarily right. in the Absolutely. way that we, we expected right. it. Alex, what do you have to report today? So, thousands of healthcare providers are hitting back at Trump over an attack on trans rights. More than 3,250 healthcare providers in Louisiana have signed on to an open letter against the Health and Human Services proposal to narrowly define gender effectively erasing transgender individuals from federal law. We're writing this in response to the report published by the New York Times on Sunday, October 21st, regarding the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, proposal to establish a narrow legal definition of sex under Title IX, a proposal which will affect an estimated 20,900 Louisianians. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> don't know why Louisianians <laughs> is so funny to me. Uh, whose sex uh, has been determined to be contrary to that which was assigned at birth. The New York Times leaked the proposal from Health and Human Services near the end of October. They are seeking to create a narrow definition of sex under Title IX, reversing an Obama-era clarification that sex, in the eyes of law, also includes gender identity. The proposed definition states that uh, a person's status as male or female based on immutable biological traits identified by or, or identifiable by or before birth. The sex listed on a person's birth certificate, as originally issued, shall constitute definitive proof of a person's sex unless rebutted by a reliable genetic evidence. 
Signing on to the letter are more than 3,000 medical and behavioral health practitioners, as well as over 250 individual practitioners in Louisiana. The letter was released by Louisiana Trans Advocates and are sending it to the officials from both Health and Human Services and the Department of Justice, as well as key Louisiana governmental officials. Those signing the letter agree that the narrowing of the definition by HHS is not scientifically sound, noting that this definition of sex contradicts the irrefutable fact of the existence of not only transgender people, but also intersex people. While intersex conditions are not the same as transgender identity, in both cases, a patient's gender identity is understood by the professional, medical, and behavioral health community to be a determinant of sex. The open letter continues. The signees want to send a message that this proposal will harm transgender people in their state. As medical and behavioral health care providers, we strive to achieve healthier outcomes for all Louisiana families especially those who face a disparate rates of poor health and have less access to health care, reads the open letter. Well, good for them, for one. So do you might know much about this, Melanie? Uh, it's it's continuing fallout from this letter, to, or this memo at HHS. It's, um, uh, this, in this case, it's good. It's, it's activism. It's, it's um, a move in the right direction. Uh, but I, you know, we haven't heard much from uh, the government on this. You know how this is leaning, how they're they're working on it. So we're kind of like working out here in the dark, trying to uh, to fight, 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 and uh, and that's great. We're we're getting more active. We're getting more involved. Um, but you know, where are we at? We're measurably. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's just terrible that it has to come here but it is sparking discussion right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and we are you know our allies we're finding are so many more right. uh, than we feared uh we're out there and um you know because it, it's hard to it's hard to measure public sentiment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in this day and age when really it's uh it, it's the the flashier anti right uh uh, LGBT. Well, and movement. I think this election kind of proved that that we mm-hmm. we all mm-hmm. kind of felt alone. I think for a long time, it's like, mm-hmm. is no one listening? Uh, am I the only one out there thinking this way? Do I live in such a bubble that you know the rest of the world is is doing you know just thinking right. it's okay? And I think you know once we got over and we can kind of just you know relax and and, and start looking at what, what happened in this election, mm-hmm. we all can kind of I think take in a collective the sigh in the sense that our team is bigger yeah. and stronger mm-hmm. yes. and people are definitely taking note on on what's happening uh, not just with the LGBT community but with you know people of color and you know yeah. just religions and mm-hmm. and you know people want to be the the melting pot you know that's mm-hmm. what I uh, grew up America isn't defined by its legislators right. um and and that's a beautiful thing we're Excellent seeing point. our our yeah. Our friends and neighbors understand us. They know us. They're mm-hmm. they're on our side, mm-hmm. in increasing numbers, and that's beautiful. The Massachusetts uh, uh, referendum on uh, on trans rights, right. where they up the the majority of the population upheld it, is is beautiful to see, and that is going to embolden other 
um, movements across other states. So yeah, and we're great. seeing it now. We just uh, have to talk the rest of Indiana to. <laughs> They'll come. I I know there are a lot of people out there. That yeah, really good. We'll get that. Um, Justin. Okay. Uh, his classmates gave a Nazi salute, but this gay student didn't go along. Now he's speaking out. Earlier this week, a picture of a group of high school students doing a Nazi salute went viral. But one student didn't go along with his classmates. He's gay, and now he's speaking out about the bullying he faced from other students. Students at Baraboo High School in rural Wisconsin tweeted an image of the boys at junior prom holding up one arm in what appears to be a sick hell salute to the caption, we even got the black, black kid to throw it up. I guess meaning the arm. A couple of the students are even making white power gestures in the picture. The image has since been deleted from the account, but one student in the picture wasn't having it. Jordan Blue, who is in the upper right-hand corner, looking visibly uncomfortable with what his classmates were doing. Blue said that the photographer told the kids to make the sign, but he didn't go along. I knew what my morals were, and it was not to salute something I firmly didn't believe in, Blue wrote to journalist Jules Sutsdaltsev, who has been talking to people in the school district. Blue is gay, and he wrote that the boys have bullied me since entering middle school. I've struggled with it my entire life, and nothing has changed. Blue later clarified to CNN that the photographer said to raise your hand, but he didn't say a specific way. He said that he knew the intent in their arms, and he knew what they were going to do. The photographer, Peter Gus, denies telling the students to do a Nazi salute, instead saying he wanted waving goodbye to their parents. But the picture looks pretty organized. It's possible that in the time it took to get everyone in the place for the picture, the students organized a Nazi salute themselves and didn't tell Blue about it. It's also possible that some of them planned this in advance. Suz Doutsev wrote that he has heard a lot about casual and jokey hatred in Baraboo. Nearly all of the stories echo the same basic theme. The community as a whole has a lot of casual and jokey racism, homophobia, and transphobia that is accepted as part of life. The school and other schools in the area do little to nothing to address these issues. The school district says that it is investigating the incident and is considering possible legal action against the students responsible. Well, so the only thing that we kind of need to point out, not the only thing, but the one thing that I had thought about is if the photographer took the photo and he didn't want them but to wave and then he sees the photo and it has the okay sign and right. it has the Nazi salute in it, why did he submit it then to their kids and the parents at exactly. that point? So well, he published it on yeah, his Yeah, he, he had yeah. it on website. his website for He's months. He's a big, That's right. fat liar. Well, <laughs> and and the, the interesting thing is there's all these sort of contradicting stories coming out about this because I've heard some that have specifically said that the photographer Blue uh, actually... Not in, blues not oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. my uh, Peter Gus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the correction. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, that Peter Gus actually instructed the students to do so. Right. Um, the one correction I do want to throw up is, or throw out there is not every student was doing it. I actually 
true. I, I looked at the web archived photo, and there's a good handful of students who kind of look like bewildered. Yeah, they're know. like, what is going on too. here? Right, like, right. this, and also the black kid didn't do it. <laughs> I, I took a look. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. But the black kid nor the gay. <laughs> I think it's also important to point out, though, that the photographer, Gus, is a parent. Yeah. Yes. That he's is. not just wow. a, a photographer. So, I mean, yeah, his kid you was might be able shoe. to see a thread going here. Right. So Perhaps. It's just, the bottom line is it's just disgusting and gross. And that, again, we, we say this every episode in today's day and age that we're actually revisiting this, you know, that we have just outright bigotry and ignorance and you know that that people you know and, and it is because not because but there is a, a, a point where we're, we're not teaching our children history they don't know exactly about what that really represents and where it goes they don't and, know enough and then they're getting all this stuff from the president and all these other people of this hatred that we've been talking about and it's normalizing the hatred yeah. and normalizing this sort of attitude. I mean, I don't think that these kids, they're just kids. Right. You know, and so, I mean, that brings up another <laughs> good uh, point. Is, <laughs> I, well, <clears throat> at this point, they're young adults. Well, they're young adults. And and kids can be um, uh, pretty awful. I, as yeah, I remember, can. I mean, you know, it's been no, a while since I was in high school. But, but uh, uh, and they can be malicious and they can be, mm-hmm. you know, the jokey part of it. Yeah, they, they might, oh, yeah, well, it was in just in jest, but they know what it means. And it, that's not a, a thing. We we need to stop giving kids a pass on uh-huh. this. And, oh, well, it's the photographer's fault. No, 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 no. It's, this is a, a game of whack-a-mole, right? And the kids are going to do it, and the adults are going to do it, and we have to we have to push it back down wherever we see it, and we have to push back wherever we see it. Uh, we can't just say, oh, oh that's the... That they're just kids; they don't understand. No, they they do. Right, and yeah. I didn't I didn't mean it that way because a lot of people that I've been uh, listening to or reading about, especially conservative columnists, have been saying, "Oh, boys will be boys." Right. Well, we're all yeah. sick of that. No. Yeah, you know, and that's not at all what I mean. Yeah. I do mean that it is our responsibility to educate these kids in oh, the yeah. right way. And so I think that the bigger question is: is do these kids do they deserve punishment or education or both? Both. Both. Yeah, I don't, you know, think throwing them out of school or something like that. But I think, yeah, that, you know, you, a bully is not, you know, you push them away and throw them away and lock them in the closet. No, no, no. no. Right, I think they, they, you know, they, they obviously I hopefully are getting some b- backlash. And this is something that's going to follow them for the rest of their lives now. So giant and, consequences if they leave their town. And the town actually um, the next day had some compu- community leaders and townsfolk show up and, and take a happy, right. nice photo on the steps there. And so it's like any other. With a gay flag. Flag and it was uh, <laughs> what were they call it a march of unity right, or whatever. Right. But yeah. that was really beautiful. So it's also yeah. what we were talking about before about communities coming together. These right. things are bringing people together. And it was I got very verklempt looking at the pictures of people on those steps. And as you said, these kids might change. Something might change. Oh I mean, yeah, but you, they they need to be presented with with right. how to change. They need to see from adults how to act, you know, and that's the education. And, you know, they are going to face the consequences and that's the punishment Mm -hmm. too. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that they need to have their, their, Mm -hmm. you know, the next 60 years of their lives you know, in the throne of the I mean, you read read the... They um, need to understand that there's consequences to that. Right. Right. I agree. There's a reaction. And, yeah, and that's what we need to teach our kids. You know, if you you go out there, it happens to adults. Some some adults. And some people can change. I mean, do you remember that uh, famous picture from um, when they integrated schools Mm -hmm. and there's a white 
student just yelling, screaming at this black mm. student that's trying to enter the building. Those two are now friends. Yeah. And have joined forces to combat racism. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, mm. We can all change. Yeah. We can all. So we just, so uh, we just have to remember that. Yeah. So um, we're coming to the bottom of the hour. Um, so it's time to take a community update break and a short music um, break. So we'll be right back.
Okay, and it's time to this week's community calendar. So let's take a look at the first event. The first event is LGBT Aging and Caring Network Breakfast at Clover Leaf Family Restaurant, 4023 West Third Street, and the time is November 16, 10 a.m. Bloomington Price LGBT Aging and Caring Network makes monthly. To support senior citizens who are LGBTQ, along with Alice, they hold to breakfast each month, and all are welcome. The other event is karaoke at the back door, 207 South College Avenue. The time is on November 18, 10 p.m. This is this week's community calendar. Stay tuned. We are go. We are going back to Bloomin' Out soon. Thank you very much, Wen Yin, for those community announcements. And that track was "Gemini" by Tash Sultana. So, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about our lovely guest in the studio? Absolutely, we have Amanda Barge here with us today. Very exciting.、Yay. And、um, Amanda and I sort of share a dog. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to we talk about babysit- dogs today. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I totally get him, though. Let's be real.、If、yeah, she does get rid of him. I get him most times. Well, <laughs> yes, maybe until we'll I steal him. We could share But, custody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be ready to be done with him sometimes. <laughs> 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 But But yes, Pepper is our love.、Yes. We both love him. But let's talk about you, Amanda. Amanda was born and raised in Bloomington and is married with two children. She earned a bachelor's degree in political science and gender studies from Indiana University, and then a master's degree in social work from the University of Texas at Austin. After working for eight years in community mental health, she became a business owner by opening her own practice, Amanda Barge Counseling. She continues this work with Monroe County families, helping them navigate tough issues like divorce, substance abuse, and mental health concerns. Amanda has a long track record in Monroe County government. Prior to being elected to the County Board of Commissioners in 2016, she served on numerous boards and commissions, including the Monroe County Women's Commission and the Steering Committee for the Democratic Women's Caucus. Amanda co-founded the Monroe County Opioid Summit. Which has received state recognition with an award for cooperation in local government initiatives. This week, Amanda announced the launch of her exploratory committee for a bid to be Bloomington's next mayor. Yay! Yay. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks for having me. It is、That's、so great. That's an impressive、uh, bio. Can I, can I do like a shout out to Kate Wilts for writing that? Yes.、Yeah. Did she, she did. write that? She wrote she did? that. She well, we love Kate. She got it right too. <laughs> she yes. She totally did. Yeah. It's all the truth. It's、It、all、is. the truth. So, Amanda. Yes. Why don't we kind of start with who's Amanda? Like, what what got you into politics? I know that you have a history in Bloomington, so your heart is here. Yes.、Um, w- you know what what brought you into what what erupted 
the politician with inside of you. Corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> She's I don't know if that's quite people. what happened. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so my parents were really political. My families were super political, and uh, I was raised on politics. So we didn't do sports at all. My family like hated football and everything. So we would watch, but we but we treated politics kind of as sports. It's what we watched on TV, and we mm-hmm. talked about the news at at dinner. And um, both sides of my family have elected officials on both sides of my family. So I just it's just kind of like what I grew up with. It was sort of a little bit our religion. Um, and when I was like in high school, my mom made me drive people to the polls and stuff, and <laughs> stuff envelopes at the Democratic headquarters, which I hated. But you know, looking back, yeah. I have really fond memories. Of uh-huh. it. So yeah. anyway, so that so that kind of it was just kind of who I was, and that was what we did. My mom was like, "You work in the community, and you do we do politics." So, right. um, but then probably so I went to. Went, went to IU, um, got a degree in political science and gender studies. For me, just becoming a feminist was really, I became, I just, di- you know, whatever. I discovered feminism and I was like, this is what got me really interested in politics was like pro-choice stuff. And then when I was about 22, I became an HIV test counselor. Um, and that, um, I would say, was probably the, the thing that inspired me to not only pursue um, working in politics and being an activist, but also doing social work and becoming a social worker. So um, it was just during the HIV AIDS crisis in Bloomington, I felt like there wasn't enough being done. And so I became an HIV test counselor. And that's what I deci- That's when I decided to go back to school and really devote my life to social work. And then as you kind of moved forward and, you know, decided to run for commissioner. Yeah. Was that something that you kind of had your eye on for a while um, at that level or um, you know, what, what kind of, why that position? Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I always, I love people. I'm just a total, like, I just love everybody. And my family used to joke, they're like, are you running for mayor? And I wasn't even doing anything, <laughs> but, but, um, I just like to socialize. I love, lo- I love learning about people. And yeah, so the commissioner job, like I was getting involved. I got uh, involved in Isabel Piedmont Smith's city council campaign. Mm-hmm. I was her treasurer. Um, I actually worked for Mayor Hamilton's campaign. Um, mm-hmm. And so I got involved in some campaigns, and I was on the Democratic Women's Caucus Steering Committee. And just seeing other really strong women, I was like, I can totally do that. And then I learned about the commissioner job, and I thought, well, this is a good fit for being a social worker um, because it's really problem-solving and helping people. So it was like yeah. taking my social work degree to a new level. Mm-hmm. So. so that's what, yeah. Step on through that. I just did it. I was like, I'm just going to run. We're just yeah. gonna, We're doing this. I think that's great because you've been sort of Bloomington's honorary mayor for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds like your whole life, but yeah, for a long time. Make it official. (laughs) Yeah, it's time to make it official for sure. So So now this this next step, you're doing the exploratory Mm -hmm. side of it and... Then uh, after you decide on if if this is it, um, making the next move to announce your you know that you, you'll run for mayor. Yeah. Um, what are, what are things? What's your passion and why um, yeah. that we're we're today at today? Sort of what got me to do the exploratory yeah. committee. I so when when the Bearcat was purchased. I mean, I think there's been a lot of failed initiatives uh, with with Mayor Hamilton and and. I work with him. So we're both executives. I'm the county executive. They're the city. He's the city executive. Um, so I had been some, there's some been some disappointments, but when the Bearcat was purchased and then he held the state of the city behind locked doors, I was mm-hmm. like, this is for me. It just, this is my town. I have, yes. this town needs its heart back and uh, we need more transparency. We really like genuinely need some real transparency. We need somebody that's going to listen. 
So that's uh, what made me really start to think seriously about it. And then um, when their administration, when the administration posted the overdose death data on their city right. website, mm-hmm. BloomingtonReveal.com, I really felt like I just I couldn't sit by anymore and I had to step up and I started uh, talking to people in the community. Everywhere I'd go, people would ask me to run. So I've noticed that from like a wide spectrum, you know, of the community, they were asking me to. And so I think when you get asked enough, it's kind of like, I'm going to take this really seriously. Right. Yeah. So you're out talking to folks in the community all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, in your position as commissioner, as well as a candidate coming up. To, yeah. You know, um, what kind of things are you hearing um, that are kind of sparking your, you know, your reason for running at this point? Sure. So I hear a lot of like, does he ever learn? you know, kind of things. Like, he keeps making the same mistakes. Um, He'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. So he goes and does Mm -hmm. things that, without really thinking it through, concerns about development. Are we we gentrifying our town? You know, are we trying to change too quickly? Um, Why can't he focus on one project at a time? Like, we've got, you know, six giant projects that are going to change the face of this town going on at once, Mm -hmm. and not enough uh, input. So I hear a lot of those things. I hear a lot of concerns uh, about um, substance use disorder, about, you know, the police and what are we going to do? Are we going to fix the homelessness problem? Um, So, you know, a lot of those issues that are social service related, but also just process like that he's not listening and hearing. So do you think a lot of that's being ignored or do you think that he's doing it at his own rate, own time without... I mean, sharing what what what's actually happening. So I think he is. I think there are good intentions. Like I don't think um, John Hamilton is uncaring. I just um, I think he's he has a particular vision for Bloomington that is um, basically right next to Bryan Park, and that's the vision right. that I think he sort of sees everything through that lens of this one neighborhood. And you don't think he really fully understands the struggles that like regular people actually have. Mm-hmm. And what, what so, are some of those struggles that you're hearing about? Yeah, I hear, I mean, const- like, okay, people that can't afford to live in Bloomington, that have, like, have to live in Ellettsville, I have to live right. outside of here. I, and people that want to live here, right? Mm-hmm. So affordable housing is a huge one. Um, people that on, you know, I live on the east side. People on the east side are concerned about um, the lack of small businesses and the development, yeah. uh, you know, the student population. Thank goodness they, the city council voted down that Century Village project. That was oh, the 600. They? they voted okay, it good. down last night. Okay, That's where yeah. the Kmart is? That's no, not no, the no. Kmart one. That's the Century Village is the, where Chapman's used to be. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. They're yeah. going to do like a 600. Okay. I missed um, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 600 bedroom apartment complex. So, <laughs> wow. so those are the, some of the things that I think people are really concerned about development. Um, the homelessness issue, people that experience homelessness, I think that's something that that's why I've, I voted for John Hamilton because he was on the Shalom board and he seemed to, he said, I'm going to end homelessness in five years. That's what he said when he ran. Right. So I was like, okay, he's speaking my language. I think he's a progressive. And anyway, so as it turns out, I'm not sure he really has much of a plan for that or a mm-hmm. vision. To be fair, that is a pretty ambitious plan. But <laughs> not yeah. sure you should promise that. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. I think, but uh, you know, I, uh, what it is I a very he- ambitious plan. Yeah. yeah, what I hear a lot from you know people in the community is that you know a lot of the homeless people that are coming are not necessarily our homeless people that mm-hmm. we're having other communities send their people you know that are getting out of jail or people that they just don't know what to do with. You know, come to Bloomington, we'll take care of you. So, how do you approach that? Um, well, so according to our police chief, that's not, it isn't happening as okay. much as, yeah, I, but I heard the same, I mean, I've heard the same thing. Um, we are a regional hub, though, for sure, and, and we do need to 
either decide in Bloomington we're either going to take care of people that come here regardless of where they live or where they're from or we're not you know and I think we just we have to recognize that we are a regional hub for business we're a regional people <laughs> we are a regional hub people come here for treatment people come here for help and so um, I think we just have to accept that as, and be as a community for that's it. who we are that's right, right. offer the services mm-hmm. that are needed so um, and then what's kind of your your next step now you know yeah. as we're you know coming yeah up to this yeah. it would be 2019 right it's yeah. 2019. Next so year. It's, it's yeah. right around the corner. I just. Ooh, what do you guys think I should do? <laughs> well, I, I, I think you should start on our show, with, first uh, of all. Actually, well, why we think about that, well, we're going to take a music break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be back to kind of tell you guys what we're going to do. We'll be right back. Is it really another
You are just listening to Jungle by Tash Sultana. Tash Sultana, they are a queer artist from Australia. If you're interested, check it out at Tash Sultana, T-A-S-H-S-U-L-T-A-N-A. But now, back to Amanda Barge. So we were talking a little bit about uh, kind of what's next and what mm-hmm. the exploratory committee committee is where you're at right now. So what's going on within that? Yeah. So the exploratory committee is really just listening to people in the community. And so um, on Monday, I'm going to unveil all the things I'm going to be doing specifically, and I'm really excited about them. So. Uh, we're going to basically, I'm going to be going out in the community, like having listening parties and things like that. I'm going to be touring businesses and knocking on doors uh, with Charlotte Zitlow. She and I have, a, we're going to team up and like knock on doors together um, and do some, I can't get too specific. I'm, right. not, allowed to, I'm not allowed to announce right. it. I'm just excited that you're to, working with Charlotte. She's, she's a yeah. powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. She's, awesome. we love she's like my fairy godmother. Oh, sh- you should have her on the show. Yeah. Although yeah. We, we, yeah. we should yeah. have her on the show. Yeah. Totally bring her on the show sometime. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be doing that for the next few weeks and as I'm doing it I'm going to report back to people on what I'm hearing. So, so Monday is, you said you're unrevealing are you doing that up. somewhere? She's unrevealing? I'm t- you're unrevealing. <laughs> <laughs> unrevealing. I'm going to we're going to do a press uh, just an announcement a press release. Okay. So. okay so. And I'll put it on Facebook and things like that. So, so. Uh, oh, I was just kind of curious. So far you've been out in the community listening to various community members. What have you learned so far? Yeah, so that yeah, so I've definitely am hearing from people that they want something different. But a lot of people are concerned, okay, you're a Democrat, how are you gonna be different than, than John Hamilton? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important um, as I'm listening to people and making this decision that I'm actually developing a plan that is different and, and is giving the voters a choice. So so yeah, I'm hearing that people are ready for something new, but at this point I'm still trying to figure out kind of, you know, what people what is it that people want. Mm-hmm. What that form of leadership mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. Yes. So I'll be doing that. Still I love listening. Yeah, it's the listening, listening and learning and leading. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be listening. Oh my God, thank you. I'll be listening, learning, and leading. So as well, I listen and learn, I'll lead. And, and within your profession, I mean, this is kind of an interesting position to be in. I mean, that's what you do for a living. Yeah. And to have a politician that actually listens right. is, is, you know, not, not that we don't have one. I don't want to, you sure. know, smash because I, I don't have an issue on the other side as well. But it, it's, it's a, just an interesting position, you know, because usually somebody has an, you know, they're an attorney or they come from a business background right. or, you know, corporate. And, and we're, we have somebody coming in from the social work you right. know, perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bloomington's kind of all about that. Yep. Um, well, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just that's what social workers were all about: meeting people where they are and and just solving problems. Whereas, yeah, we do have no shortage of attorneys as politicians. You're right. Right, and we <laughs> haven't had a woman in this position for how long? Since I was 11, and that I was, was how long? Tommy, right? Tommy Since, and I'm 46, so yeah. yeah, it's been a while. It's a whole yeah. generation, yeah. you know. And I think our kids. So when you think about kids, like our boys are better off when they see women in charge, right? right. It's not just young girls. I mean, right. it's better for boys to be able to, to they're going to grow up and be more respectful of women if they see women in power. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's good for all kids. Yeah. And the other part of the listening is who you're listening to, right? Are you listening? What, what demographic, what strata of society are you listening to? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it sounds like you are top to bottom or bottom to top and mm-hmm. uh, you get the full spectrum of of Bloomington society, uh, which is exciting because mostly what I hear is 
you know, what we're going to do to improve the the look of Bloomington, the feel of Bloomington mm-hmm. for generally affluent families. And mm-hmm. um, I happen to know a lot of families who aren't affluent who all these changes are not really positive for in any Anyway, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I look forward. Yeah. I look forward to your listening. Awesome. So <laughs> I'm going to listen. We're going. You're, you're going to have coffee with you. That's yeah, what, we're going to do that. That's part of my plan. I'm going to have coffee with a lot of people. Awesome. Oh, oh, I can't tell anymore. <laughs> oh, my team's going to get mad if I unveil yeah. anything else. Uh, coffee okay. talk with Amanda. <laughs> Stop. Coffee talk with Amanda. I'm so excited. It's kind of like that actually. So. <laughs> That's great. So, um, your family. Yeah. You know, they're all involved, and I'm sure you have two children and a you, husband. I do have two. Yes. Yeah. I no, my kids are really. Um, they're really excited about me running and so we had like a lot of family meetings and um, they're really positive and like they'll get out and they love to, to campaign yeah. and stuff but with limits because you did tell a story of limits, when yeah. mom did ask them to wear a t-shirt well, yeah. and they didn't want to <laughs> no oh, really? god the carnival school <laughs> carnival was right at the end of the prime like to, right a week before the primary or whatever of my lab my last campaign and I was like we're all wearing the t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> and they were like we're not going to the carnival <laughs> and they got super mad and I, I was like fine just wear whatever you want. Right. But I wore the t-shirt. And then they were mad about that. Right. So, well, and, and, well, I don't blame them. I mean, it's yeah, dorky. No, it's that, and how yeah. old are they? 12 and 14. That, oh, 14. that, yeah. that, that yeah. makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get it. Yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, oh, middle school. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. It middle is. school is yeah. Yeah. Middle school is the hardest years. I, I think it is. Yeah. And speaking as probably the member of the team that's closest to middle school, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Are you yeah, out of school? yeah. I, I just got done. <laughs> Don't let the beard fool you. Just, got done. <laughs> just yesterday. But yeah, no. I I think it's sort of funny that you say that because that is that is a real breath of realism, like a dose of like I could see that happening anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were, they'd had enough, I think. But it's interesting you talked about kids. I was like, my kids are. They're so hard on me for if I say anything wrong, my daughter's like, that's homophobic, that's racist. I mean, they right. are anything. so yeah. anything. Like they're in and I feel like I learn from her every yeah. day, like constantly. She teaches me so much. So I don't I know we're a little spoiled here in Bloomington, I think too. Our kids are pretty great. I mean uh, yeah. Yeah. I know there are kids that aren't, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I should I that sounds terrible, but I I mean seriously, I'm not gonna though. jump you away. You, no. you know no. what you mean. Yeah. I get the same thing for my kids and I'm like, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> like yeah. I was part of Act Up and all this stuff. And I they're know. like, you know, lecturing to me about this stuff. But I know. You know I'm just, old, so yeah. Right. And they think you don't know. They're like, Don't you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah, anyway. So as far as, you know, you know, just to go with the yes. theme of our show, the LGBTQ, where do you see um, your administration um, reaching out, embracing, um, you know, moving forward within the community? So I think we as our so government needs to actually pass ordinances that state any policy we pass, we need to be looking at through a lens of how it would affect, say, LBGTQ communities or people of color, marginalized populations in general. And there are actually some some protocols out there that we should be using. So um, I'm a big fan. Like, I'm working with people in recovery. That's what I've done is I brought people to the table who have lived experience. I think every single board and commission should have people with lived experience, whatever that whatever that one is, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. like, our housing commission, we have, you know, someone who's homeless. So um, just seriously passing an ordinance before we pass any specific policy that's going to affect a specific population, we need to be talking to people who would be impacted. Right. Yeah, I that's think that's great. important. I yeah. think that's, you know... That's something I'm hugely into. Right. Mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. passionate about. 
and, Sorry and, to me interrupt you. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that's just something that's so important. I mm-hmm. think it's been kind of frustrating on, you know, numerous levels where people just don't feel like they're heard. And I know it's hard being a politician because everybody kind of has their passion and wants, you know, mm-hmm. everybody to listen and, 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 and agree with them and, and right. the negotiation and finding the center ground. And I think Bloomington does a, a good job in general yeah. with that. And you're going to do a yeah. better job. You know, yeah. I, mean, well, I guess that's your. Yeah, I feel like in terms of like the word stakeholder drives me crazy. It's like I'm sitting in me like today. I was in meetings all day. It's like every we met meeting with architects about the convention center, and they're like, "We'll meet with stakeholders." The reality is, oh. what that means is they're going to meet with people that I know that I talk to. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not real people in the community. Those right. are people that are already in, you know, have influence. So anyway, I think it's I think it's uh, probably that's been my biggest. Um, goal as commissioner has been just to bring more people into government. Right. Yep. right. Continue. That. Continue. Well, well, we're kind of at the end, so um, we really uh, it wasn't yeah. enough time. Fast. We need you to come back. I'm coming please. back. I'll bring good. Charlotte. Yeah. I will. I'll bring Charlotte. Oh, Maybe, and so once fun. you're mayor, can we have like a coffee talk I, segment with you every I come in here month every. or something? Yes. All right. There we go. <laughs> I would. Okay. It's, it's your first promise, right? We're really out of time, so thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a great show. Additional thank you to all of our listeners and volunteers who make this possible. For Blooming Out, I'm Alex Ashkin. I'm Melanie Davis. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Blooming Out's community liaison is Alex Ashkin. Our interns are Jasper Tony, Ireland Meacham, and Wen Yen Lee. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Frankie Presloff. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is bloomingout at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening.